Father, for this hour. Thank you for your faithfulness. You're so faithful. Hallelujah. You're so faithful. Hallelujah. And we give you praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for who you are to us. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us. Thank you for every testimony, Lord, that we heard this evening. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for delivering Jenny, Lord, from the mouth of the lions. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for giving Suzanne and Phil glorious testimonies. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the hand of the Lord that is upon your people, Lord. Each and every testimony that came today, oh, Father, you heard it and you were glorified. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being with your people, Lord. Thank you, 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 Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Noah, Lord. Thank you for your hand that is upon the child. Thank you for helping that child through the Spirit of God to bring up God's name to share what God has shown him Father to those around him and I thank you Lord for your hand that is upon him thank you for that testimony Lord and thank you Lord for being with him and protecting him Father we praise you Father we praise you we praise you we praise you Lord thank you for Mimi's testimony Lord thank you for giving her the grace and the strength waking her up today for many people have died in their sleep we thank you Lord for the help the strength and above everything giving us the mind to praise you giving us the mind to glorify you giving us the mind to testify to your goodness oh Lord not only giving us breath in our lungs but giving us the ability the mental capacity to function the way you want us to to glorify you to understand your presence to read your word to be in your presence oh lord this day we thank you father thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and who is and who is to come the ancient of days hallelujah praise you praise you praise you praise you lord glorified thank you Jesus Still blue. 
Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your presence that is here. Thank you for your unchanging love. And thank you, Lord, for the power that you have placed upon your word. There is power in your word. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. There's power in your word. And we thank you, Lord, for this powerful word of God that you've given into our hands, O Lord. And I thank you for the fresh manna that is descending from heaven. And I praise you, Father. I pray that you will minister to our hearts, minister to our spirits, minister to our minds, minister to our souls. Oh, your words of eternal life, Father. By only, by your word, Father, we live. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against the hearts, minds, and bodies of your people. I bind them in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. I ask you, Spirit of the living God, that you will magnify Jesus once more. I pray, ignite the hearts of your people, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that you will shut down the works of darkness at this hour. In the name of Jesus, and every opposition of the enemy, I bring it down in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, Lord, for your presence that liberates the hearts, minds, and bodies of your people at this hour. And I pray, Lord, that you will, oh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good Jesus. Praise be to God. We're going to go into God's word. Um, God is going to lead us um, as to what he wants us to um, because I'm going to get the chapter now. While I was worshiping, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me a few different things. Um, comparison that God wants to show. In order for God's people to make the choice as to which group they want to be, in order for God to be able to release His blessing upon His people. So I'm going to just... Get the passage that the Holy Spirit wants me to. And we are going to read. What the Spirit of the Lord wants us to. And then we will see. um, How God is going to work with us. In our spirits today. We're going to go to 1 Samuel. Thank you Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The book of 1 Samuel. And we are going to read from chapter 18. 1 Samuel chapter 18. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. First Samuel chapter 18, and I'm going to read from verse 1. And I also want to take you to, because the Lord wants me to go to a few chapters. We'll see what the Lord does. Um, Jesus. Okay, so we're going to read 
from chapter 18 and from chapter 20. So when the Lord would lead us to switch to that, we'll go to chapter 20. And also one more chapter, the Spirit of the Lord wants me to, so I will um, go there as well. Let me just pull that up. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we'll go from... First Samuel chapter 18 to First Samuel chapter 20, and then we'll go to First Samuel chapter um, 31, and a little bit to Second Samuel chapter 1. If we, we'll see what the Lord does. Shall we just close our eyes and pray this prayer? Please pray this after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord, I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay. I want to read from verse 1, 1 Samuel chapter 18, from verse 1. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house any more. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So David went out wherever Saul sent him, and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now it happened, as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel singing, and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times, but 
there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Therefore, Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. I'm going to stop here as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. We're just going to quickly go through some very key points that the Holy Spirit wants us to know, understand, and copy. Depart from and cleave to. When you look at God's word here, we see a young soul, David, who loved God with a perfect heart. Because he loved God with a perfect heart, God blessed him. God was with him. And wherever David went, God went with him. You would see that. God has recorded that multiple times here. God was with David. And David behaved wisely. Why? How can a young person, so young, can be so wise? Wisdom comes from God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when you look at David, we see God's wisdom being revealed in David. And the wisdom of God that came to David as a result of fearing God caused his enemy to fear him. There's a prophecy that God is giving to us at this hour. When God's people fear the Lord, God will put the fear of God in the heart of the enemy concerning his people. That means the enemy will be afraid of you, not the other way around. You're not going to be afraid of the enemy, but the enemy will be afraid of you. God will give you wisdom. God did not remove the enemy from David's presence. He did not remove the enemy from David's presence for season. He Ultimately, he did that. But during the time when God decided, I'm going to keep the enemy here because I'm going to prepare a table in the presence of the enemy for David. God went with David wherever David went. And the wisdom of God was upon David. And no matter what the enemy tried to do, the wisdom of God would lead David to behave wisely, to escape the traps of the enemy. I want you to understand this. There's the promise God is giving to God's people that we will fear no evil. The song that God just gave, um, that I just sang, we have in our box up. I will fear no evil. For you are by my side. And um, though an army would rise up against me, though, though ten thousands may fall at my side, I will fear no evil. That's what King David or David said. Even before he became the king, he was not afraid of 
the lion. He was not afraid of the bear. He was not, not afraid of the Philistine. He was not afraid of anything. He was afraid of only one person, that was God Almighty. Because he feared God, he had no fear of man. Write this down. Those who truly, those who truly fear God will have no fear of man. The true fear of God will give that boldness that comes from God Almighty. The Bible says this, the righteous shall be as bold as a lion. That godly fear in a godly person will cast away every other fear. God's people are the people who are really courageous in the midst of the enemies because the Spirit of God that is upon God's people will bring fear upon the enemies of God and cause God's people to have the wisdom that comes from God that will cause them to behave wisely. And the enemy will fear when he thinks about or sees the people of God. There's a fear that comes from God upon the enemies of God. That's a negative fear. The positive fear is the fear of the Lord. Well, when we truly fear God, we won't have to fear anyone. Anyone who goes against God, we have no fear. God's people will have no fear. People who are genuinely walking with God are not going to compromise because they have no fear of man. The only person or the only one they really fear is God Almighty. And the fear of God will give that righteous boldness, will give that courage from God Almighty. Keep them in the straight and narrow path. Will not have them have their heads hang low, but in humility they'll have their heads up looking towards God Almighty, knowing that the God who is with them is for them. And wherever they go, God will go with them because they're going wherever God wants them to go. I want to repeat this. God will go with God's people wherever they go, when they go wherever he wants them to go. It's not like, oh God, I will buy you for something. No. Oh God, I will you know, do this if you will, you know, Listen to me and fulfill what I want, which is contrary to your will. No, God will do whatever we ask him, provided it goes along with his sovereign plan. So now you can be adamant and get something from God like the children of Israel did. But ultimately, it's not going to be a blessing. So as we read, I don't know why my phone keeps shutting off so many times. But um, I'm just going to connect this wire just in case. I just keep to, I just have to keep putting the passcode in to keep opening it up. So, when the Spirit of God is upon a man or a woman who fears the Lord, the Spirit of wisdom will lead them. God's Word says, my son, get wisdom. Whether we have anything in this world or not, we need to get wisdom. Wisdom is the Spirit of wisdom from the Spirit of God. And, um, Sorry. Oh. Okay. Sorry. My screen shut down suddenly, but it came back. Thank God. So, when we look at the scriptures, there are certain qualities that God really puts a higher value on. Wisdom is one of that. Attributes. Nature. It's the nature of God. When we fear God, 
We are given the wisdom that comes from God. We are given the wisdom that comes from God. We have to seek after wisdom. We have to earnestly want that wisdom. And in order to get that wisdom, we have that healthy fear of God. That healthy fear of God will give us the wisdom as to what we should do at a given moment. How we should behave at a given place. And David, wherever we went, he behaved wisely because the wisdom of God that was upon him and he had no fear. Now, number one is wisdom. Number two is God's favor. In the midst of the opposition, God will raise people who will favor us. In the midst of opposition. So you have someone trying to kill David. And from his own household, God is raising Jonathan there to favor David. We have to know that when we stand for God, God will stand for us. When he stands for us, whatever needs to get done. And the call of God that is upon our lives that has to be accomplished, he will bring it to pass. God will bring it to pass because only God can bring it to pass. So what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to walk with him in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Now, David was a man after God's own heart who was upright in the ways of God, who feared God. And as a result of that, God's wisdom rested upon him. The spirit of God rested upon him. He was a mighty man of valor and he was someone who had no fear, no fear. How can he not fear when a lion comes? How can he not fear when a bear comes? How can he not fear when the giant is there and even the king is shaking in his tent? Because David was a man with a different spirit. Just like how Joseph was a man with a different spirit. Daniel was a man with a different spirit. And the people in Babylon, people in Egypt, they knew that this man is not an ordinary man. So when the spirit of God is upon a certain upon a specific person, it turns them into someone else. Someone else that someone else is from God. He turns them into someone who is from God or of God because the Spirit of God is moving in them and through them. Who is manifesting? It is God's Spirit who is manifesting in their speech, in their behavior, in everything they're doing because they have just given themselves over to God. They've just become one with God Almighty. You look at Joseph, you look at Daniel. People knew that this person is different. What the wise people in the palace were not able to do, Daniel was able to do. To tell the dream and to tell the interpretation of the dream, that's not normal. No one can tell what someone else dreamt the previous night. What made Daniel so different the Spirit of God who rested upon Daniel. You know why? Because Daniel feared the Lord. He decided that I will not, I will not touch the king's delicacies. I will not. He feared God. People who really have fear of God, people who really have the fear of God, will not have the fear of man. You see that in Daniel. He really feared God and he said, I'm not going to touch the king's delicacies. And he did not have any fear for the king. Think that, oh, if I say this, what will the king do? The king can kill us. No, 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 no. Because Daniel had the fear of God. His fear of God was not a shaky fear of God or a flaky fear of God, but it was a solid fear of God. 
the fear of God that was in Daniel was so strong. Nothing could shake him. He said, forget about the king. No matter what he does, nothing's going to happen to me because he had faith in the God whom he feared. So fear of God brings the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God takes away the fear of man. The fear of God takes away the fear of man. The wisdom of God takes away the fear of man. Faith in God takes away the fear of man. When we are walking with God, we truly fear God. The fear of God will eat up the fear of man. Just like how Moses' serpent ate all the other serpents. The fear of God will take away the fear of man because fear itself is a demonic manifestation. It's not from God. Healthy fear is different. That God has put inside a human being, which is built in. If you look at fire, you're not going to say, well, I have the fear of God, so I'm going to put my hand in. No, that's presumption. That'd be foolishness. So that healthy fear that you see when you cross the road, you look both ways. When you drive, you look all around. And certain things you do, you just simply don't jump from somewhere. You don't do these things. Those are all healthy fear that God has put in order to protect ourselves from whatever the enemy might try to do to ourselves. The fear of God, that God expects and that is in those who are walking with God, will take away the demonic fear that is like, what will he think, what will she think, what will they think, and, and living to please man. Doing things in order to get something to meet one's carnal needs. People get trapped by fear of men. But those who depend on God and walk by faith and not by sight and don't care what anything may happen because they know God has my future. It's not that I don't care, you know, if something happens, you know, I don't care if I go to the streets and I don't care. That's not the best way to go. The best way to go is... When you walk with God, you know who your God is. You know that he has a plan. You know that he will not let you down. You know that he'll fight for you. And because of that, it's not an arrogant pride. No, it's a humble confidence in God Almighty that I am obeying God. And as a result of that, I will not bow down to man. And it's not something somebody can psychologically work themselves up to it. No, it's something received from God. It's an attribute. It's the nature of God that goes into a human being where that boldness comes from God dispelling that spirit of fear. So the spirit of fear that will come to try to tempt a person to bow down to the idol, bow down to the ways of men, will have no power over a true child of God who will take the right to stand for God Almighty and do that which God has called them to do, knowing that God will work things out. That's what happened in Daniel's life, where when God led him to take a stand for God, where he said, I'm not going to touch what belongs to the heathen, and I will not be a partaker of that. I will not compromise. He didn't say, well, if I die, I die. No. He said, I have a purpose here. God has me here. And the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of God that was in him, made him tell the eunuch, check me out in 10 days. Test me in 10 days. Look what's going to happen. 
do what I'm telling you to do, and then test me in 10 days. He had faith. He was led by God. He was not doing his own thing. When a person fears the Lord, he will be led by the Spirit of God. A person who fears the Lord will be led by the spirit of wisdom, which is the spirit of God. And they have the boldness that comes from God, the courage that comes from God, where they don't compromise. And the God who is leading them is showing them the path in which they should go, and they will not fall. So David behaved wisely, just like Daniel, just like um, Joseph who have the spirit of God. David is a godly character that we see, who had the spirit of God, who had the spirit of wisdom, very young. But he had God's wisdom that even people uh, way older than him didn't have. Now, David got God's favor. So we have the fear of the Lord. And we have the fear of the Lord giving us the wisdom. The fear of the Lord that's giving us the faith. Fear of the Lord that's giving us the boldness. If you have a notebook and pen, if you're writing, you can just put fear of the Lord and you can put three branches from there and write wisdom, faith, boldness. And you know what these will do? You can put an equal sign and put no fear of man. The wisdom of God, faith in God, and the courage that comes from God will dispel any kind of fear. No fear of man equals a life of no compromise. Now, there's another aspect to it where the fear of the Lord produces favor that comes from God. God just rains down His favor and that favor that comes from God manifests itself in favor that comes from man. Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and with man. So there are some key people God will move, as God promised us in the beginning of the month, where the Lord said that God will move the heathen for us. God will change rules and laws for us. God will move the hearts of the rulers for us. God will do what God alone can do because of God's divine favor that God will show towards his people in order for God to get done what he wants to get done for his own, those who fear him. So, the fear of the Lord gives that favor, God's favor. And that favor, you see, even in Babylon, Daniel had that favor. Where when he said, I'm not going to eat this, just give me vegetables and see me in 10 days. Daniel's faith went into that eunuch. And he said, okay to that, because God's favor and faith touched the eunuch. It dispelled eunuch's fear. That he was able to submit to what Daniel said and give to Daniel what Daniel asked for. That's what God will do for God's people. All of a sudden, the favor of the Lord will move key people to do what needs to be done for you. Do you know what? God uses you too. If you're, if you're walking with God and if you have the fear of the Lord in you as you should, then God will move you, use you to influence others. Your faith will touch others. Move them to believe what you're saying and give you what you need in order to accomplish the will of God. That's the key. In order to accomplish the will of God. Not to satisfy your greed. Not to satisfy your lust. But to accomplish the will of God. Now you look at the people of God. Moses. 
during Moses' time, for the people of Israel, the favor of the Lord went to the people of Israel, and it moved the midwives there to favor the Israeli women who had boy babies, where they did not kill the boy babies that were born there. And so what did they do? They let them live. They did not fear Pharaoh. The favor of the Lord will take away the fear that is in the hearts of the people who need to favor us and will move them to do what needs to be done for God's people. And you look at David. God is raising up Jonathan in Saul's family where the favor of the Lord goes to David and it taps Jonathan to help David to make a covenant with David to be Jonathan's best friend. Now, as God moves people, let me tell you, no one will favor us, no one will do a single thing for us, no one will give you a single cent unless God moves them. And so when God moves people, to favor God's people, we know that God's blessing will rest upon them as well. What happened when the midwives did what they did, which was to let the Hebrew baby boys live? The Bible says God prospered the families of the midwives and God blessed their homes. It's a blessing that comes to the people who favor God's people that God uses. God works in such glorious ways. Even those whom God uses to bless us, God blesses them as well. So we become a blessing to God by fearing Him and doing His will. And we become a blessing to others, you know, who God uses in our lives to bless us, to favor us. So I want to tell you a few more points that the Holy Spirit wants to share with you today. We see here, Daniel, Jonathan made a covenant with, with Joseph. Sorry, it's a Daniel. It's, it's not Daniel. It's not Joseph. It's David. <laughs> so Jonathan made a covenant with David because of the favor of God. So when God's favor came upon Joseph, upon David, yes, upon Joseph, and upon Daniel. They all had people that God raised to favor them, and God blessed all of them. God blessed every single one of them. Now, Jonathan's life was blessed to an extent because of the covenant he made with David, and because he loved David and he helped David. When Saul tried to kill him, I encourage you to read all of chapter 18. When Saul tried to kill him, it was Jonathan who came and who defended David and, and caused him to, you know, escape. When Saul was planning to kill David, it was Jonathan who would go and tell David, I'm going to tell you, you know, whether it's safe or not. You read that in chapter 20. You know, I said we're going to read 18, 20 and 31, I believe. So when you look at chapter 20, you will see 
how God's favor is working here to protect David, to preserve David. At this place, I want to pause for a moment and I want to read this, the scripture that talks about the covenant that David and Jonathan made and also differentiate between Jonathan and David here so that you can understand a little more as to what God wants to share with you today. So we're going to read a little bit here and then we will switch to chapter 20. So let's just go here to verse, I'm just waiting for my Bible to load, just one sec. Okay, so we are going to read verse 3. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. This is a prophetic, this is a prophetic occurrence that is taking place here. Where God moved Jonathan to make a covenant with David. Now, in the eyes of the world, David is on a lower level than Jonathan because Jonathan is the king's son. He is a prince. David is a shepherd boy whom God used to bring Goliath down. And all the people in the country know David as a mighty man of valor. But still, David is not someone who belonged in the palace. We see in this chapter, we just read this a little while ago when we began, how Saul wanted David to stay there. He didn't want to let him go. He didn't want him to go home. He wanted to stay with David. He, um, sorry, he wanted to stay in the palace where Saul was to serve Saul. But then something happened there. When God moved the women there to sing praises to David, Saul killed a thousand and David killed a ten thousand. Now this is an honor that comes from God to David who took a stand from God, who went and fought the battle, who laid his life down there to do the will of God and who went and stood there like a little crazy fellow in front of a big giant because he knew who his God is and he had faith in God and he obeyed God and he did what God told him to do because he genuinely had the fear of the Lord and he did not have any fear of Saul or he did not have any fear of Goliath. He stood there and he won the battle. Even though God gave David victory, it was David who physically stood there and fought the way God wanted him to. Now David won the battle. And God rightfully gives the honor that belongs to David, to David, by raising the women there to praise him. The Bible says, he who honors God, God will honor him. And God honored David because David honored God and went and did what God told him to do, which no one in the land of Israel did. So the honor that came from God to praise David, and that's the time when all the women are singing the praises. Saul killed a thousand and David killed ten thousand, which is true. Because it was not Saul who went and brought Goliath down. It was David who went and brought Goliath down. Instead of Saul being happy for what David did, because Saul's life was spared, the lives of his people were spared. Otherwise, they would have all been servants to the Philistines. He becomes jealous at David. He became jealous at David. And what did he do? He sought to kill David. The moment he became evil in his heart, 
the spirit of God who anointed who anointed Saul as the king over Israel departed from him, and a distressing spirit came upon Saul. We read that in this chapter. If you were not paying attention, go back and read it. A distressing spirit from God went upon Saul. Now God is not having a whole bunch of distressing spirits in heaven. No. When Saul did evil, he opened the door to evil spirits and every angel in heaven and every demon on earth is under the control of God Almighty. So God allowed the enemy to go and harass Saul. God sent the distressing spirit upon Saul. Now someone says, well, God doesn't have any evil and he cannot do something. Like We need to see the Bible. We need to read the Bible all the way from Genesis to Revelation. Yes. The Bible says, I am the Lord who God, who causes peace and I am the Lord who causes calamities. He is a just God. He executes righteousness and he executes judgment. So the very same God who blesses people also says, if you don't follow my ways, if you become evil in your heart, I will bring a curse upon you. That's why in Deuteronomy 28, we have the blessings and we have the curses. God not only allows tormenting spirits, but in certain cases, he will send tormenting spirits. That's the judgment of God. So God sent the tormenting spirit upon Saul. What happened? He basically got possessed by that evil spirit. And what did he do? It says, in the scripture, he prophesied. What do you think he would have prophesied? This prophecy is not the prophecy that comes from God, from the spirit of God. No, this is a prophecy that comes from the evil spirit. You know what evil spirits will say? Evil spirits will say a whole bunch of lies with a little bit of truth. That's how they are. They take the truth and they twist it. That's how many cults were born and are still in action because of people who are filled with evil spirits. Saul was still able to be a king there. He was filled with the tormenting spirit, which will torment him from time to time. And what happened? The man who, who said, David, you stay with me, was no longer able to see David. He was not able to bear David's sight. You know why? Because David had the spirit of God. David was filled with the Spirit of God. So Saul was not able to see David anymore. So he said, get this guy out of my sight. But then again, it's only David who had the Spirit of God had the power to chase that evil spirit out of Saul by playing his instrument and bring the presence of God there. So then again, what is he doing? He says, when I am distressed, bring this fellow to me so that he can calm me down. May God help us never to be in this position. A man who was genuinely anointed by God for a specific purpose. There are different types of anointing there. I will teach you on that when God permits to. Someday. But it's important to know that not every anointing is the same. God's anointing for kings is different from God's anointing for priests. God's anointing for prophets is different from God's anointing that God placed upon a person to build his temple. It's a special power that has been given by God in order to do the special call of God that, is, that God has called for each person. 
So the anointing that God gave to Saul, when God called Saul, and when Samuel poured the oil upon him and anointed him and laid hands on him, the Spirit of God came upon Saul. And Saul became another man. He had the Spirit of God. In order for the distressing Spirit to come upon Saul, the Holy Spirit had to leave. Always remember, the Holy Spirit and evil spirit cannot dwell in the same body. It cannot take place in the same soul. It cannot reside in the same soul. It cannot reside in the same body. So in order for one to enter in, the other must leave. The Spirit of God left Saul at that moment. When when he raised his hand against the anointed one that God had over there, called one that God had over there. The distressing spirit comes there upon him and causes him to prophesy whatever the devil wants to. And God had to bring David there for Saul to know that no matter how you hate his presence, you still need him. Because you have left the Lord God Almighty. God raised Jonathan there during this time. And God's favor is upon David. And he's moving Jonathan, who is in the palace, Saul's son, not fearing Saul. So, the favor of God that is upon David touches Jonathan. Jonathan loves David. And the favor of God that is upon Jonathan drives away the fear, just like it did with the midwives, just like it did with the eunuchs for Daniel and the midwives for the children of Israel, that the fear for the Pharaoh, fear for the king is not there anymore, that they favor the people of God. So Jonathan favors David, as a result of that, he gets into trouble with his father. His father, at one point, wanted to even kill Jonathan. But I want to show something very important here that God wants me to. Very important. While Jonathan was a prince in the palace, and David was an ordinary citizen, though anointed by God, king in the sight of God, but in the eyes of the people, he was someone who waged the war, and he won the war, but he still is not having any official position anywhere. The king hates him. He's on a lower level than Jonathan, who is Saul's son. God is moving Jonathan here to give David his coat, his sword, you know, his belt. Whatever he is giving to David over here, on that day, when he made the covenant, it is a sign from God. What Jonathan should have taken, the place of Saul, when Saul died, he was Saul's successor. However, It was David who succeeded Saul, not Jonathan. It was a prophetic act that took place that day where what Jonathan had 
went on David. Jonathan was helpful to David. However, Jonathan still chose to stay in the palace. If he would have chosen to leave the palace, and if he would have chosen to just go with David, even if he had to wander in the wilderness for some many years, he would not have died in the battle. He would have had a position that God would have had for him in the palace. Jonathan went to an extent, but he didn't go further. He didn't want to leave his comfort zone. He said, I'll help you from here. God rewarded him for helping him, for helping David, by Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, who David would bring to his palace and show kindness to him at a later point. This is where God wants to talk to our church over here today. What do you want to be? Do you want to be like David? Like Moses? To leave the sinful pleasure, pleasure of Egypt, and to choose to suffer with the people of God, and choose to be on the Lord's side, to be with David? Or do you want to be someone who says, I'll just be here, I'll just help a little, I'll just serve a little, I'll just do a little. Whatever little you do, that's how little your return will be. But if you love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, and you cleave to your God only, and you say, Lord, whatever it is, I'm going to be with your righteous people. I'm going to be on your side. And take the stand to be with God, with the people of God who are suffering. Rather than choosing comfort and saying that I'll help you from my comfort zone. I'll take some heat and be very proud of taking the heat. I'm not saying Jonathan was proud of taking the heat, but many people are. But he was content. He was content with the way he loved David. He was content with the way how he was helping David. He was helpful. He was very helpful. But you know what? It cost his life. Not helping David cost his life. But staying in the palace cost his life. Helping David cost his son to sit at David's table. At the king's table. But staying in the palace and not being with David cost his life. Because he went to the battle with Saul. If he would have been with David, he would have been with David and he would have fought the battle where David fought and he would have came back alive. Because God was with David and he was not with Saul. See, when you know that God has departed from someone, if you know that God has departed from a place, don't say that, but I'll be there and I will be, you know, where God is there too and I'll have some contact with the people of God over here who were really anointed who really brought the giant down and I will help them and I'll have some touch with them and I will be a blessing to them and God will bless me. Yes, God will bless you. But you know what? You won't receive everything that God has for you and you will be shortchanging yourself. And remember, there's no blessing but curse when we stay where the presence of God has left. Ichabod means the glory of the Lord has departed from Israel. The lamp of the Lord has been put out, gone. 
Once God leaves a church, once God leaves a person, once God leaves a territory, once God leaves the camp, no one should be there anymore. If the Spirit of God is not there and we stay there, and we say that I'll stay here, I'll try to reform the place, I'll try to do ministry here and see that if you can get a position there and stay there, you won't have anything at the end. You will have some rewards for what you did for God's people by staying here and helping them. But you know what? Ultimately, you would have lost everything. God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. Yes, it will cost you to step out of that comfort zone. Yes, it'll cost you to make a choice to be on the Lord's side. Yes, it'll cost you. It will cost you as God spoke to us Sunday. We have to count the cost. If we want to follow God, we must count the cost. We must step outside. But God is not there. We don't want to be there. If the presence of God has left a place, we don't want to associate ourselves with that. If God is not in it, then I should not be in it. I should be where the presence of God is. I should be where the Spirit of God is. I should be where the people of God are, where God is in the midst of them. This is where we have to be very careful. Never try to please someone. Never try to cater to someone's emotional needs and say, that. well, if I leave, I don't know what they'll do without me as if you are God. At that point, you think too high of yourself. You think that if I leave, I don't know what they'll do without me. That means you think too high of yourself. May God have mercy on every single one of us here. That we stand with God and be where God is. Never decide with the people who are not with God. And stay there and try to hop out. Stay there and try to love the people of God. He really loved David. He loved him as his own soul. Why did he stay in the palace? He loved him as his own soul. Why didn't he just go with him? He did not. That's where that line was drawn. I love you from where I am. That's like Orpah. Not like Ruth. Orpah said, I love you. I love you so much, Naomi, but I will stay where I am. Ruth said, I love you, I love you so much, Naomi, but I cannot stay where I am. I have to be where you are. God is speaking to you this hour. The last chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 31, you can read it on your own. Even 20 you can read on your own. Just read from from chapter 18 onwards all the way, you can just read. You can read all the way. To 31. 31, you will see how Jonathan died. He died with Saul. While David lived and his men lived, Jonathan died with Saul. It didn't have to happen that way. But our choice is determined whether we're going to live or whether we're going to die. Yes, even as someone who had zeal for God, Jonathan, who laid his life on the line in order to help David. He only went so far and not further. Many Christians are like that these days. Where they'll say so much I love you to God. And they'll do so much for God, which is a certain amount. 
But beyond that, they will not go further. Beyond that, they say, no, 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 I'll just stay here. I'll lay down my life, but I'll lay it down here, not outside of here. God is speaking to you today. You will shortchange yourself of everything that God has for you. It's important to be where God is. It's important to do what God says. It's important to step out of your comfort zone. It's important to be fully on the Lord's side. Not just stay where you are and love God and say, Lord, I'll lay down my life. I'll risk my neck to love David and to help him to protect him. But it's not as bad as leaving the palace. God sees everything according to how much we sacrifice, according to how far we will go. To that extent, our blessing will be from God. To that extent, God's plan would be accomplished in our lives. May God speak to our hearts tonight. Every word that God is speaking, that God is bringing before us, it's very important. There's a very, very deep, powerful word from God. And I faced so many oppositions while I was sharing this word from God. But the Spirit of the Lord came through to give this word to you as it is from heaven. When I say so much opposition, it's not before I came here. It was after I prayed and after I was giving. There's so much interference with the word from being given. I might have smiled a couple of times when I said David to Saul to Saul to Jonathan to Joseph. That's not something that happens accidentally. Those are the things that the enemy tries to come and say, let me see, fiery dot one. Let me see if I can turn this this way, fiery dot two. But the Spirit of God comes there and he says, oh, no, this way. Because the Holy Spirit is steering the word to the hearts of the people. It's a very important message. He tries to see how he can come and temper with what God wants to. But the Spirit of God is very keen on giving the word that God wants to give to his people. Because the people are his. The word is his. The work is his. We are his. When we understand where we are in the presence of God at this hour. That we're sitting at the feet of Jesus to receive what God has for us. Think today. How far do you want to go? How much you want to lay at the altar? And how much will he love God? Jonathan loved David as his own soul. But he only went so far with his love. At that point, he was like so, so, so much in love with David. Where he said, I'll help you. And there was a symbolic act that took place with God being in the midst of David and Jonathan when Jonathan gave his stuff to David that the kingdom is being transferred here to David it didn't happen the very same moment no David had to face his own challenges because the word of the Lord had to try David David had to prove himself faithful and trusting God every step of the way the enemy was let loose for some time in David's life. 
that God showed his power continuously for a season. He had to run from one place to another, one place to another. Sometimes people ask, why is God allowing this to happen? How come? It shouldn't happen. But they have not read the Bible. Why it's happening? Because God has given room. God has given room for the enemy to do whatever he wants to do. And then there's a time when God will put down the enemy. That's God's word. And when that room is given, God will stand by his people, just like how God was with David, wherever David went. And God was giving him victory. Yeah, there's a battle. As long as the enemy is, there will be battles. But every battle, God gives victory to his people. God is speaking to hearts at this hour. How much do you love God? Do you love him as your own soul? If you say you love him as your own soul and you really love him, is he your first love? Are you willing to let go of everything? Are you willing to cleave to Him? Are you willing to be with Him where He is? Are you willing to follow Him to the very end? Not just in words, but in action. May these questions that God has brought before you keep ringing in your ear, not just tonight, but till the day you die. Every step you take, Every step you don't take will determine how you're going to be. Whether you're going to be on the throne or whether you're going to die with Saul. What you determine today, how much you love God and how much you follow Him is going to determine how you're going to live with Jesus now and forever. Is He the love of your life? Is He your very own treasure? Is he greater than your soul? Is he greater than the love for your own soul, your love for your own body? That's why Jesus said this, whoever would want to be my disciple should love him more than his own soul. Our love for God should be above our own soul. Here Jonathan loved David like his own soul. It was not above his own soul. That's what the difference is. If it was about his own soul, or if it would have been about his own soul, he would have left the palace and he would have followed David. He would have been with David. He would have been a right hand to David, right wherever David went. But it didn't get past that. And he died with Saul. He was blessed for what he did. But that was in God's best. God is speaking to your hearts today. As Jonathan had a place to stay, Jonathan had a place to lay his head, and he was in the palace, and he slept every night. David was in caves. David was going from one place to another. It was a season of trial. It was a season of wandering. But all those were in part. All those were part of God's plan. They were all in God's plan. Part of God's plan. To bring him to the palace. To make him sit where God had ordained him, called him for. Now when you see in chapter 18, First Samuel chapter 18, you'll see how much all the people loved him and honored him. But you know what? It all went only so far. All those who loved him and adored him and honored him 
didn't say that, well, he is such a brilliant, God-fearing warrior. Why is Saul after him? No. Nobody did anything as David wandered all over, didn't have a place to lay his head. Those very same people who really loved him, so to speak, didn't say, well, come to my house and sleep here tonight. No. Nobody was there for him except for a bunch of people who were all broken people who followed him. It was a season, a great trial. But just like how Joseph had to go through his trial, Daniel had to go through his trial. David had his own trial, his own path, which led him to the palace. Guess what? There's no such term as Saul's throne or David's throne or, or Jonathan's throne. There's no such thing as Saul's throne or Jonathan's throne. But David's throne. David's throne endures forever. And in David's line and upon David's throne, the Messiah came. And when you look at the honor that came for David, who endured every trial because of the call of God that was upon his life, he just did what God wanted him to. He was led by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Wisdom. Wherever he went, he behaved wisely because of the Spirit of God who was upon him. And the Spirit of God that was upon him was a spirit of courage. Drove fear away from him. Caused him to accomplish great and mighty things for the Almighty God. While he was wandering, he was putting out the enemies of God one by one, one by one, one by one he was going. And he was bringing down the enemies of God. He was never sitting idly in a cave and crying, Oh Lord, when am I going to become the king? Oh, have mercy on me. Look at me, poor, miserable me. I don't even have a place. And look at my family. And you don't see David wallowing in self-pity and thinking about himself. No. David's concern was to bring glory to God. Yes. He was going through a miserable time. We We read in many Psalms, how the enemies rose up against him, but you'll always see him bring it to how powerful God is. When all the enemies came, the Bible says, they came around me like bees. But in the name of the Lord, I will overcome them, David says. That's how the enemies came after him. But in the name of the Lord, he overcame, just like how he overcame the lion, the bear, the Philistine giant. And the Philistine people. He overcame all his enemies in the name of the Lord. That's how he went before the lion. That's how he went before the bear. That's how he went before the giant. In the name of the Lord. That's why he was able to say, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Not only there's safety in the name of the Lord. That name of the Lord is sharper than a double-edged sword. The name of the Lord protects us. And the name of the Lord fights for us. The name of the Lord causes us to overcome our enemies while preserving us. That's how powerful the name of the Lord is. As we're going to go into prayer, there are very, there are a few very important points that God has spoken to us today. The importance of the fear of God. The importance of going with God all the way through. Loving God more than we love our life. Not just the way we love our own soul, but more than 
loving our own soul, loving God. Jesus says, you're not worthy of me if you don't love me more than your own soul, more than your own life. Yay, Jesus said. If you don't love Christ more than your own life, then you're not worthy of Jesus Christ. That's what happened with Jonathan. It's a unique thing to see someone really love someone to that extent. But that wasn't enough for him to save his life. I want to close with the scripture. Jesus said this, If you seek to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for the sake of Christ, you will find it or you will gain it, Jesus said. That's what happened to David. He saw all these things. He saw all the enemies. He accumulated more and more and more enemies because he went and he stood against the enemy and for the Lord. He had more enemies. But he said that I will lay down my life for the sake of the kingdom of God. And he did. He didn't lose it. He gained it. By gaining the ultimate call of God that God called him for. Not that knowing that, oh, I'm ordained for the king and so I don't have to go through this. I'll just sit and, and some fine morning, suddenly they will ordain me as the king because some, somehow, someday, Samuel came and prophesied and poured the oil and anointed me, you see. It would have never happened if David would have thought that way. No. Yes, God has a call. Yes, God will use his prophets to speak and to activate something in the spiritual realm. Then what do you do with that? Are you going to go with it and pay the price and follow through with it in order to see that fulfilled? It's all up to you. Or... You just say that, well, it'll somehow happen, it'll somehow happen, it'll somehow happen. It'll never happen. God gave this promise to Saul. Saul, if you be upright before me, then not one of your descendants will miss to sit on the throne. There was a promise that God gave to Saul, just like how he gave to David. But that prophecy didn't come to pass. Not because... Samuel didn't prophesy according to God's heart and Samuel lied. No, that was a word from God. That was God's word through that prophet given to Saul. But Saul did not inherit it. There are many, many prophecies in the Bible that God used the prophets to prophesy to people that did not come to pass in the lives of the people. doesn't mean the prophets were wrong. No, it was because the people did not inherit the the promise that God gave. They were not worthy of it. They failed the test. They had no faith. Just like the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness did not inherit the promise of God that God spoke through Moses saying that I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey that entire generation except for Joshua and Caleb did not inherit it so never take the prophecies that God gives to you or the promise that God gives to you for granted never but Take what God has given because something has been accomplished in the spiritual realm. Now I have to take it and go with the flow of the Spirit and see what God wants me to do. By fearing God. By fearing the Lord. With everything that is within me. By laying down my life wholeheartedly. 
so that I can take it up again, according to the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts today. You're so faithful. You're so good. You're so gracious. You're so kind. Thank you, Father. And the enemy did not want this message to go to your people and fought all the way through to prevent people from getting what God had for them this day. You came through. You came through. You came through every single time. You came through, Father. And you've delivered your fine truths to your people, which can save their souls. Lord, I pray, may they not forfeit what you have for them, Father, but may they inherit everything that you have for them, Lord, by truly loving you with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. In loving you more than your, more than their very own lives, oh Father. Thank you, Lord. Take a few moments in the presence of the Lord as the Lord wants you to. And tell God, Lord, examine my heart. Let the Lord examine your heart in the presence of God at this hour. Tell the Lord, I don't want to end up like Jonathan. I want to end up like David. I want to inherit the call that you have for me. I don't want to forfeit what you have for me, Lord. I don't want to love you to a certain extent. I want to have the love that goes above and beyond to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love you more than my very own life. Tell the Lord, Lord, I lay my life at the altar. Thank you, Jesus. Work in the hearts of your people, Lord. Work in the hearts of your people, Lord. Work in the hearts of your people, Lord. Oh, Abba Father. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Father, I lay aside everything that would keep me from the King of Kings, who is the great I am. I lay aside everything that would keep me from the King of Kings. Who is the great I am? Jesus. I place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus, lead me. I place
Place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus, lead me. I place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus, place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus, place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus, lead me. I want to walk hand in hand with the King of Kings, who is the great I am. I want to walk hand in hand with the King of Kings, who is the great I am. I place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus, lead me. I place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus, lead me. I place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus, place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus, place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for being our faithful Father who gives us our daily bread. And thank you for speaking to our hearts, O Lord, for imparting faith into our spirits, for giving us your heavenly manna at this hour. Lord, I pray may your people grow by it. May people grow in it. May people grow with it. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray that you enlarge in their capacity to receive. Open their eyes of understanding all the more, Father. Oh, Lord, break every chain in Jesus' name. Break every chain in Jesus' name. Break every chain in Jesus' name, I pray. May this church as a church go forward all the way to the very end, O oh Lord. All the way, all the way, all the way to lay down their lives so that they can take it up again. Hallelujah. To love you more than their life, O oh Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. To fear you as they ought to. Thank you, Father. To be led by the wisdom of God. And to be wise wherever they go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So as your servant with this blessing, I bless your people with. That they may fear you, truly fear you. 
and truly lay down their lives and love you more than their own lives, O oh Lord, and become everything that you have designed them to be, called them to be in the name of Jesus. Let no one fall short of the grace of God. I thank you, I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for this prophetic and very important word, O oh Lord. Thank you for showing us things, Lord, that you don't often hear anywhere, Lord, what your Spirit reveals, and particularly to our church. Thank you, Lord, for showing us that we can feel that we're giving our best when we may not be giving our best. We can compare ourselves with other people or even with our former selves and feel like we've done enough or given the best. And thank you for showing us, Lord, how we need to guard against any kind of error in this regard. May the Holy Spirit have your way, Lord, in our lives. Direct our steps to be spiritually minded in all things, Lord, to put you first. And as is written in Matthew 16, 25, whoever desires to seek his life or save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, Lord, you said, that person will find it. I thank you for challenging us and showing us that we should be willing to go all the way in whatever you call us to do. Otherwise, Lord, it's, it's to bring your glory down to less than what it is. Thank you, Lord, for the signs of life, for the movements of the Holy Spirit in our church. I pray that you help us to strengthen those things by pushing ourselves individually to see where we come short so that we don't end up coming short of the grace of God. And thank you, Lord. Thank you that your word from Genesis to Revelation is full of promise and full of prophecies, full of blessing, full of hope, a shining city that you have a mansion for each one of us in. At the same time, it's full of detailed warnings on how we should not miss it by being careless. Thank you, Jesus. All the mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the great mighty things you're doing for us. At the same time, we thank you for schooling us, Lord, teaching us, instructing us, that we may walk worthy of your holy name. We thank and praise you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I pray. Help us to meditate on your word. Help us to have meditations, thoughts that are right before you, words that are right. Lord, help us to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Lord, that Jonathan, Lord, was a noble figure. We often wonder, why did such a good man die in the battlefield? And today we heard he would not have been with his father on the battlefield if he had sided with David, because he would have been safe with David. And that symbolic act of transferring the kingdom prophetically 
even if he didn't realize the full implications, didn't mean that he had to lose his life. Didn't mean that he had to come short of the glory that God had for David. We saw the grandson of Saul, the son of Jonathan, be able to sit at peace at David's table. So there's no need for anyone to conjecture that if Jonathan would have lived, there would have been a struggle there and people would have politically risen up and caused chaos. Didn't have to be. But it's a clear picture. Moses left everything down to the last thread in Egypt. Abraham left everything in Mesopotamia to down to the last piece of property. Everything to follow God's call. And I thank you that you've also spoken to us, Lord, not to mix up the best that you have with the good that we can get or do. Otherwise, we'll end up shortchanging ourselves. We need to leave those things that will cause us to compromise and go for only the best and stick with the best, just as nutrition. Do not to shortchange ourselves by doing things that oppose the best and thinking that we have all the bases covered, the best of both worlds. I pray that your people apply this in every area of their lives so they can have your best, gain all the prophecies, see them come to pass by faithful, careful obedience to your every word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that this church has no reason to compare itself with any other church or any other people because you're speaking to us so directly that we can ascend to the best that you have for each one of us at your feet. We praise and thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. God bless all of you. God bless everyone. Have a blessed night. Praise be to God. Yes, I'm going to go uh, according to my screen order and say bye to each one of you. God bless.